Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. EST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. Hello, listeners. Don't adjust your podcatcher. You're in the right place. Welcome to the spookiest month of the year here on The Hotter Show. As some of you may or may not be aware, October happens to be one of my favorite times of the year. And over the last couple of years, I have had a tradition of having some kind of spooky related content. And I will be continuing that tradition this year, starting with this episode. What we'll be experiencing today is actually an exclusive look at the Tapes of Trepidation Horror Narration Podcast which is the horror narration podcast that I do on my Patreon for my $5 or above tier. I'm very excited to be sharing this with you guys, so I hope you enjoy it. Those of you who are not aware, Tate of Trepidation, my horror narration podcast, I narrate spooky stories that have been submitted, stuff from Reddit, creepypastas, urban legends, things of that nature, and I try to do it in as unique a way as possible, or even potentially in full audio drama format, as you will hear. I am so excited to be sharing this with you guys. My patrons have been giving me great feedback on the Tate of Trepidation, and I hope that you do as well. Specifically, what I have for you are the six most recent episodes of the Tape of Trepidation, all of which will be given the titles and everything in the intro. They're a very interesting collections of stories, including one that was a full audio drama production and was so much fun to do. There's going to be a little something for everyone, but I will say now, listener discretion is advised. As some of the content spoken about, some listeners may find disturbing. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast to hear about some other fun things I have planned for this month. But right now, throw on a good pair of headphones. Sit back, turn off the lights, and enjoy the tapes of trepidation. On a cold and bleak afternoon, 
While cleaning out your basement, you discover a box of old cassette tapes. You have no idea how they got down here, or where they came from. There are no clues on the box except for a simple message written in marker. Do not play. as curiosity overtakes you. Turning away from your fear, press the play button and realize you are worst nightmares. These are the tapes of trepidation. not crazy it's just your eyes playing tricks on you they said maybe you need to lay off watching tv before bed as if what i've been seeing and hearing over these past few months has been all inside my head how can they dismiss me how can they not understand the danger i'm in how can they not comprehend the immediate threat to my very life and ignore my pleas for help I'm so very tired, and I just don't know what to do anymore. I'm recording this as a final effort, one last try to reach out to someone and figure out what is haunting me, watching me, always watching me. I'm not crazy, I'm not crazy. It started as something I would see out of the corner of my eye. It would be so quick, but I know what I saw was real. In time, it became more obvious the flashes in the far reaches of my vision became reflections in the mirror. I'd blink and it would be gone, but the terror of what I saw would remain. I would see it's dark, pale, and yet almost beautiful eyes watching me staring at me from vents from other cars as i drove and my phone's camera when i go to take a picture just watching me always watching me forever silent but so deafening i could not focus on anything else Invisible to all else around me, but hidden in plain sight. Letting me feel peace for a few precious moments only to appear again and again. It never stops. It's always there and it's always watching me. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. 
I tried seeking help. I spoke to the police and they thought I was on drugs or that I might be losing my mind. They spoke to me like I was some sort of mental patient. And I was beginning to think that they were right. I sought the aid of a shrink who was little help himself. I'd lay on his soft leather couch and tell him about the things I'd see. Oh, all those dark, pale, beautiful eyes watching me. Always watching me. They never sleep. They never blink. They never break their gaze on me. And I even see them in my dreams. I'm not crazy. Oh, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired of trying to explain, trying to rationalize, and trying to fight. I'm so tired. Uh, wait. I... I can see it now. Oh God, it's right in front of me. I, I, I can see it as clearly as I see this recorder. It's staring at me as I record what was supposed to be a last ditch effort for help, for an explanation, but now I, 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 I think I think this'll be my eulogy. I can feel this sense of calm washing over me as it's beginning to creep towards me. I can see all of it now. It's horrifying and yet magnificent. All this time, I was afraid. I was afraid of why it was watching, always watching. But now, it, it, it's offering a hand. It, it wishes to take me away from all this. And as I stare into its dark, pale, Beautiful eyes. I feel... I feel... Nothing. Absolutely... Nothing. And it's so... And it's so... Peaceful. I'm not crazy. Tape number two. Dead Bart. Do you know how Fox has a weird way of counting Simpsons episodes? 
They refused to count a couple of them, making the number of episodes inconsistent. The reason for this is a lost episode from Season 1. Finding details about this missing episode is difficult. No one who was working on the show at the time likes to talk about it. From what has been pieced together, the lost episode was written entirely by show creator Matt Groening. During the production of the first season, Matt started to act strangely. He was very quiet, seemed nervous, and morbid. Mentioning this to anyone who was present results in them getting very angry and forbidding you ever mention it to Matt. I first heard of it at an event where David Silverman was speaking. Someone in the crowd asked about the episode and Silverman simply left the stage, ending the presentation hours early. The episode's production number was 7G06. The title was Dead Art. The episode labeled 7G06, Moaning Lisa, was made later and given Dead Bart's production code to hide the latter's existence. In addition to getting angry, asking anyone who was on the show about this will cause them to do everything they can to stop you from directly communicating with Matt Groening. At a fan event, I managed to follow him after he spoke to the crowd and eventually had a chance to talk to him alone as he was leaving the building. He didn't seem too upset that I had followed him, probably expected a typical encounter with an obsessive fan. When I mentioned the lost episode though, all color drained from his face and he started trembling. When I asked him if he could tell me any details, he sounded like he was on the verge of tears. He grabbed a piece of paper, wrote something on it and handed it to me. He begged me to never mention the episode again. The piece of paper had a website on it, and I would rather not say what it is, for reasons you'll understand in a second. I entered the address into my browser, and I came to a site that was completely black, except for a line of yellow text and a download link. I clicked on it, and a file started downloading. Once the file was downloaded, my computer went crazy. It was the worst virus I had ever seen. System Restore didn't work. The entire computer had to be rebooted in safe mode. Before doing this though, I copied the file onto a CD. I tried to open it on my now empty computer. And as I suspected, there was an episode of The Simpsons on it. The episode started off like any other episode, but had very poor quality animation. If you've seen the original animation for some enchanted evening, it was similar, but less stable. The first act was fairly normal, but the way the characters acted was a little off. Homer seemed angrier, Marge seemed depressed, Lisa seemed anxious, and Bart seemed to have genuine anger and hatred for his parents. The episode was about the Simpsons going on a plane trip. Near the end of the first act, the plane was taking off. Bart was fooling around as you'd expect. However, as the plane was about 50 feet off the ground, Bart broke a window on the plane and was sucked out. At the beginning of the series, Matt had an idea that the animated style of the Simpsons world represented life. 
and that death turned things more realistic. This was used in this episode. The picture of Bart's corpse was completely unrecognizable. They took full advantage of it not having to move and made it an almost photorealistic drawing of his dead body. Act one ended with the shot of Bart's corpse. When act two started, Homer, Marge, and Lisa were sitting at their table, crying. The crying went on and on. It got more pain and sounded more realistic. Better acting than you'd think was possible. The animation style started to decay even more as they cried, and you could hear murmuring in the background. The characters could barely be made out. They were stretching and blurring, and they looked like deformed shadows with random bright colors thrown on them. There were faces looking in the window, flashing in and out. You were never sure what they looked like. This crying went on for all of Act 2. Act 3 opened with a title card saying one year had passed. Homer, Marge, and Lisa were skeletally thin and still sitting at the table. There was no sign of Maggie or the pets. They decided to visit Bart's grave. Springfield was completely deserted. And as they walked to the cemetery, the houses became more and more decrepit. They all looked abandoned. When they got to the grave, Bart's body was just laying in front of his tombstone, looking just like it did at the end of Act One. The family started crying again. Eventually they stopped and just stared at Bart's body. The camera zoomed in on Homer's face. According to summaries, Homer tells a joke at this part, but it isn't audible in the version I saw. You can't tell what Homer is saying. The view zoomed out as the episode came to a close. The tombstones in the background had the names of every Simpsons guest star on them. Some that no one had heard of in 1989. Some that haven't been on the show yet. All of their tombstones had death dates on them. For guests who had died since, like Michael Jackson and George Harrison, the dates were when they would die. The credits were completely silent and seemed handwritten. The final image was the Simpsons family on their couch, like in the intros, but all drawn in the hyper-realistic, lifeless style of Bart's corpse. A thought occurred to me after seeing the episode for the first time. You could try to use the tombstones to predict the death of living Simpsons guest stars. There's one thing odd, but most of the ones who haven't died yet. All of their deaths are listed as the same date. Tape number three. The pill. Don't take it. It's a miracle, a glory, and the greatest thing to ever happen, so they say. 
and it'll probably become law soon that you have to take it. They'll have you swallow a little capsule when you're still a baby. Probably at the same time you're getting your inoculations. The piece of the thing in there weighs only a few grams. And it will be plucked out of a little pool that will probably be installed in every hospital soon. Those couple of grams are more than enough for it to happen. Sure. You'll never get cancer. You'll live until 150 You'll have stronger bones and a more resilient immune system. You'll probably never need glasses or a hearing aid. If you lose something small like a finger in a year and a half, you'll have it back. If you lose a whole arm in two years, you'll have it back with nearly full functionality. It's the sort of miracle that's believable enough to catch on. It won't solve all our problems and it'll even create a few more. Like overpopulation, like we've never seen coming. But it works, and it's cheap, and it's plentiful, and that's all we need. Sure, they can't quite explain how the thing actually manages to rewrite our genetic code after we swallow a few grams. But they promise the answers will come someday, and that there are no ill side effects. It's from a previously unknown variety of starfish, but they won't even tell you that on the news. I think the story right now is that it's something they've grown artificially. These starfish live in the deepest, darkest places in the ocean, and they aren't very big or interesting looking. Honestly, we've probably seen them down there before a thousand times and just looked them over. It just so happened that prick with the show about eating weird foods got a hold of one. God knows how. And thought it was a different kind of starfish and ate part of it. And a year later, he had that foot he lost back. I'm sure they tore apart his house and tested gallons of his blood and interrogated everyone he ever spoke to. But somehow they figured out just when the regeneration happened, and eventually found the fucking thing. It had been alive when he ate one of its arms, and I guess he took pity on it, and let the thing live in a tank in his house. Well, this led to that, and eventually they brought up a ton of the suckers. But here's the thing. Think about technology and innovations. Think about what they're mostly for. It's to keep us alive longer. Make us healthier. And help us communicate better. What if, as a race, we'd already had the ability to communicate via thought? What if we were naturally incredibly hardy and long-lived? What if we started out having everything we needed without having to do a bit of work. Our goals were turned to keep our world the way it was and simply enjoy things. With a mind so powerful that it can transmit and receive thoughts with no effort, stands to reason other amazing things are possible too. With that mind staying completely intact and even the smallest sliver of the creature, one has to wonder 
just what else that mind can do. So here's the question. If you'd survived all this time just sitting around on the bottom of the ocean with this incredible intellect, how would you amuse yourself? What if that mind can wander and roam freely if it can just find something to carry it? What if, as a race, we made ourselves at the bottom of the food chain just to ensure we'd constantly be taken into new creatures and allowed to see the world through their eyes? Is it really such a leap to think that such powerful minds can overtake smaller, lesser ones? No. Nor is it unusual to think that if such a race of powerful minds were endangered, they would use this ability to dominate the minds to defend themselves, that they'd patiently wait until their enemies devoured them, then simply displace the minds of those enemies and solve the conflict. I don't think it's crazy at all, and I don't think it's crazy that there's suddenly a lot more war around the world, a lot of research put into birth control, and the accidental release of that superbug that makes men sterile. We should be enjoying world peace, but instead we're killing each other faster than ever before. Maybe they're not threatened. Maybe we're just a game to them. Maybe we're the hundredth race of beings these things have done this to. All I know is they don't turn you into some zombie from a cheesy old sci-fi flick. They let you think you're still in control. That what they want you to do is actually what you want to do. It all seems so natural, so right. Then we're in World War III. And the only thing the bombs won't scorch clean is the floor of the ocean. Don't ask me how I know all this, and don't take that pill. Tape number four, he waits for you. As the dead of winter approaches, you may find yourself alone at night feeling isolated and abandoned in an all-too-empty bed as the night grows ever bleaker. Ghastly shadows dancing across the wall, the crying wind battering against your window, an ambulance siren in the distance, and there's no one to convince you that you didn't hear those gunshots. There's no one there. No one there. But do not be afraid. He waits for you. Wait for the moon to hide itself, perhaps behind the gathering of clouds. Midnight is the best time to do this. Just close your eyes and hold your breath as you leave your bed. You may open your eyes once you exit your bedroom. Get dressed if you like, because you'll be leaving your house soon. Take nothing with you, except for what you keep in your pockets. Then, drive out of town. 
Drive as far away from civilization as you can. Eventually the air will become still. Then a dense fog will form just a short way down the road. And you will hear nothing but silence as you approach it. Let it consume you and your vehicle. No harm will come to you from it. I promise. Do not be afraid. He waits for you. The fog will lift and you will see a dimly lit motel. Stranded alone in the night. Just like you. As you walk inside, notice that there is no one else there. The only sign of a human inhabitant will be a small key on the front desk. Take this key. Wander the corridors until you find the proper room. You will know exactly where it is. But you won't know why. Use your key to enter this room. Walk in and lie down on the bed. It's no more comforting than your bed at home. There's nothing but pure silence for miles. Death hangs in the air all around you and it's so cold. You're still alone and frightened, but it's okay. He's frightened too, and it's just so cold. Cold enough to hold the pillow close to your body and bury your face in its softness and embrace it. Pretend that it's a lover all you want. You won't feel any safer. But you will feel warmer. Open your arms, lift up your head. The warmth is in his arms. Two twisted, mutilated arms tracing down your body. There he is. And he's frightened too. You can see it in his blackened spectral eyes, fixating upon your face and twinkling with the light of another dimension. The light shines in specks from beneath his parts skin, making him glow from the inside. Bruises cover his decaying neck as well as deep, finger-wide and dense. It's as if someone has tried to strangle him. He sighs and softly caresses your face. The skin of his hand begins to flake off onto you. You want to sweep it away, but you're stunned. Completely stunned by this strange creature that's completely enamored with you. At least, you're not alone anymore. You'll then gather enough will to take your hands and gently lift him off you. Placing him at your side, you get a better look at him. His legs are disturbingly crooked, having been broken in so many places and healed in ways that just weren't meant to be. And he won't stop staring at you. Small glistening tears drip from his eyes. He shivers and trembles, trying to form words from his torn mouth. You can't tell exactly what he's trying to tell you. It doesn't matter anyway. He will want to touch you to hold you and to comfort you. Whatever pain you have felt from loneliness, whatever sorrow you may have felt in your life, he feels it. His tears fall onto you and he lies back in submission. He will let you do anything 
you want to him. He knows that no matter what you do, it will never hurt him as much as what others have done. It will never hurt him as much as the isolation he's felt in this motel. As you gaze upon his twinkling eyes, you may gain a sudden urge to mutilate him and punish him for existing the way he does. But please, be kind. He loves you, after all. Spend the night with him. He'll let you do anything, and he won't be able to speak. But be sure to leave the room before sunrise. He will do everything in his power to keep you from leaving. He will grab onto you, cry and scream at you. Tears will keep gushing from his glowing eyes, disintegrating his skin even further. But no matter how much you pity him, leave. Resist him and leave. If you don't, you will be trapped forever and doomed to live the same existence as he does. Do not let him follow you. Just close the door behind you and lock it. You're alone again. Next thing you know, you'll wake up in your bed at home sometime after the sun has risen. The events of last night will feel as if it were nothing but a dream. Everything in your home is where you left it last, your car, your clothes, everything. Then, if you are lucky, something incredible will happen. Within a few days, you might meet a new person. This person has everything you want. And it's almost as if they were made for you. Within time, the two of you will fall in love and you will forget the ghoul in the motel and forget about those glowing eyes staring at you. All that will matter is that you will be in love with this wonderful new person and they will love you. But once they move in, things will grow progressively stranger. As you lie together in bed, you might hear a faint scratching at the door and an all too familiar cry. But do not worry. Your companion will keep you from being too worried about it. The next night, the cry might become a shriek. The scratching will become a pounding and you can hear it. No matter how hard you try to convince your partner of what they hear, they will tell you to go back to sleep. And one night, you will notice that the noises have vanished. Nights will become peaceful again. And it will be just you and your partner. But from now on, you will constantly look upon your lover's eyes. You will notice a new glow in their eyes, twinkling with the light of another dimension. Don't be afraid. He's waited so long for you. Tape number five, Breadbox. Penelope, Penelope, Penelope has, has an epiphany and realizes that her sister was right this whole time.
She must let go of her petty jealousy and finally be... Excuse me, sir. Sir. Huh? Oh, uh, yeah. There's some change, sir. I'm trying to get something to eat. Oh, um, hang on. Let me, let me see if I've got something. Uh, one second. Here you go. Thank you, sir. God, God bless. Take care, man. Okay. Where was I? Penelope realizes that she must let go of her petty jealousy. And, and they say kindness is dead. I'm sorry? Kindness, my friend. You gave that man enough money to buy some food. A most generous act. Oh, no big deal. If you'll excuse me. Generosity like yours deserves a gift, I think. No, 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 no. I, I don't do it for recognition or anything. Uh, I'm just really in the middle of something here. Oh, come now. It will only take a second. Please follow me and I promise it will be worth your while. You know what? Fine. Alright. Not like I'm going to get any more notes done anyway. Lead the way, my strange new friend. Where are you taking me anyway? Down the street to 14 and 9. There's an alley between a parkade and a small office building. Unlike any downtown alleys, this one is clear of parking and transients. In fact, there never seems to be anyone here at all. There's never a car cutting through to avoid traffic. Never any teenagers looking for somewhere quiet. Despite the presence of loading docks and parking spaces, it's as desolate as downtown can ever be. Okay. What's so important about this alley? As we walk, down this alley. Note the smell of rotting meat coming from the dumpsters, and the sounds emanating from within that are most likely rats. Oh, God, that smell, it's terrible. Look inside this dumpster and you'll find that it's empty other than a plain tin bread box. A, a bread box? Okay. I mean, I've followed you this far. Look, I have to put this thing down. I don't know why I'm still even recording. This will be funny to listen back to later, I guess. It's in pretty good shape. It's made of tin, you said? Jeez, how old is this thing? Open the box if you like. 
Although, I wouldn't under any circumstances. I mean, I don't get why you're telling me not to- Oh, fuck, what in the hell? Look familiar. What the fuck? That's my head. How are you doing this? What kind of sick joke is this? Ask your head if you like to share two secrets and a lie. But then, shortly thereafter, your head will expire. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm not doing that. You've come this far. Go on, my friend. Two secrets and a lie. For only then may it expire. Ask me. Free me. What the fuck? I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Number six, the wedding double feature. In 1975, a young couple, both 18, decided to get married right after high school. The father of the bride lived in Palm Beach in a mansion and was able to afford a big wedding for them. Thus, they got married and the wedding was perfect. After the wedding, they had a big reception in an old building, and everyone got pretty drunk. When there were only about 20 people left, the groom decided that they should play hide-and-go-seek. Everyone agreed, and the groom was it. After about 20 minutes, everyone had been found except the bride. Everyone looked all over and tore the whole place apart looking for her. As a result, after a few hours, the groom was furious, thinking the bride was playing a terrible trick and eventually everyone went home. A few weeks later, the groom, having placed a missing person report, gave up looking for her, and heartbroken, he tried to go on with his life, always missing his bride. Three years later, a little old woman who was cleaning the place up just happened to be in the attic, saw an old trunk, dusted it off, and out of curiosity opened it. She screamed, ran out of the building, and called the police. Apparently, the bride had decided to hide in it for a game of hide-and-go-seek. When she sat down, the lid fell, knocking her unconscious and locking her inside. She suffocated after a day or so. When the woman found her, she was rotting and her mouth was in the shape of a scream. The Wedding Double Feature.
I've heard the stories. Stories about the bride who plunged into a lake clutching a new wedding ring. I've heard about the man who found the woman's corpse bobbing just below the water's surface. Heard how he pried the simple, cold wedding band from her hands and made his way home. I've heard about how he drowned himself in the bathtub, the ring still on his finger. I've heard about how the paramedic had to cut his finger off to get the ring. She just had to have the ring. I've heard how she then drove her ambulance into the lake. I've heard about this wicked ring, this simple band of gold, simple yet hauntingly beautiful. The ring that loves the water, yet drives people to possess it. I just had to have this ring, even if I had to pry it off a bloated corpse's finger. I'm writing this as a warning to everyone. Stay away and get away from this ring. I'll continue this in a little bit. Because first, I think I'll go for a swim. have it listeners the tapes of trepidation podcast i hope that you all enjoyed that as much as i enjoyed sharing it with you you will not hear any more content from the tapes of trepidation horror narration podcast going forward unless you are a patron patrons like my friends and my hotheads scott duquette The Grey Rooms Podcast, Wolf Delta Pi, Ronan Kamori, Eric Phones, Arthur Unk, and Mike Quintero from Mike's Mystery Mansion. I can't thank all of you enough for all of the support for my Patreon, and I appreciate you so much. I hope that you enjoyed maybe hearing all these clips together because that was a lot of spooky fun. Now I have a couple of other ideas of content I would like to provide for you this month and I am hoping that my voice is fully recovered for next week. As you can probably tell, I am still a a little messed up from this sickness. No, this is not a fun Halloween filter I'm currently using on my voice. Maybe a little bit of one in the intro, but this is just how I still currently sound. But I have a plan to revisit some paranormal experiences from my past to provide some family-friendly narration content and the big project for Halloween. 
I can not wait to share with you all. It is a huge undertaking, but I'm getting some help from some friends and I'm not going to say anything else about it right now, but let me tell you, it is going to be just an amazing project. So stay tuned for all of that. I cannot wait to share more spooky content with you here on The Hotter Show on Halloween. Love, love Halloween. With that, I'm going to sign off here today. Stay tuned for more spooky content, folks. And always remember, during this time of year, if you go seeking out the strange and the paranormal and evil, you just might find it. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Before Sarah discovered Chumbacasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah. Woohoo! Often thinks about the old boring Sarah yes. and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.